Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, this is Haley, the face of Waco Girl Does. You're listening to No Waco. Welcome back to No Waco. I am your co-hostess with the Comosis, Haley, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Kendall Goodwin. Hi, good to be here. Yeah, so you are with a group called Refuge Waco. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Refuge Waco works here um, primarily in the Waco area, but we also have some groups in um, Belton, Temple, Colleen area, and we provide innovative solutions to gaps in the foster care system. So one of our big programs is a mentorship program that we serve 10 to 18-year-old youth who have been affected by the foster care system at some point in their lives, um, either currently or they've been in foster care, adopted, reunified with family, um, have some influence with the foster care system. And we pair them with trauma-informed mentors, and they have a lot of one-on-one attention from them as they kind of journey through life. And then we also are working to provide transitional housing for young women aging out of foster care here in Central Texas. That's really amazing. Yeah, we're really excited about it. So how did you get started working with Refuge Waco? Well, um, my sister and I co-founded Refuge Waco in 2017. Um, I had been a foster parent for a couple of years at that point. Uh, My husband and I became foster parents in... I guess it was like 2015 and we fostered nine kids and adopted our five oldest um and so during that time we just really did not have any idea how desperate the need was for right. um things like this you hear like the system is broken and verbiage like that but you don't right, really yeah. know what it means till you're in it and you see the lack of resources and the lack of just available you know spaces for kids to feel safe and to have Um, somewhere to go without any other agenda but to give them that that dignity and that respect and so that's what we wanted to help provide and help kind of end some of those cycles that seemed like they just were systematic failures yeah of course so what is something that drawn like what's sorry what's something that drew you to fostering in the first place well we actually came into fostering um having experienced years of infertility and wanting to adopt and um you know now learning about how the system works and all of that it's just um there's a lot more to it than that but that was what initially drew us and then we were able to learn so much more about trauma and the effects of that on kind of every facet of society, but 
that's how we ended up becoming foster parents. And then um, we did adopt our five kids, but through them, you know, meeting their bio families and learning all of the things that they had been through, um, it's kind of just reoccurring trauma upon reoccurring trauma that people are dealing with. And so we really felt like, you know, the system is just like, kind of a patch, like a Band-Aid on a, on a bullet wound kind right, of situation. Yeah. So we wanted to create a space where we could look at more intensive care. Like this is more than just a singular need and removing and sometimes permanently, you know, removing people's children is not the answer to that situation. Right, so yeah. how do we create, um, you know, holistic trauma-informed care that make spaces for people to grow and to have healthier futures and really looking at the aging out community, the statistics for them are not good. So kids who are aging out of foster care are incarcerated at higher rates, homeless at higher rates, and um, have earlier unintended pregnancies at much higher rates than their peers. And so obviously we know the reasons why, but creating situations that are solutions to those problems instead of you know, just saying, well, this is a problem and we'll just keep doing what we've been doing, extending foster care, things like that. That's not the answer. They right. need um, a home environment where they're empowered to grow and to have healthy futures. So. And I love that word, just like empowered to, you know, take control of their future. And um, I think a lot of people just um, are like, okay, well, they're out of their own. They're 18, but Absolutely. there's so much time that you have like, I mean, there's so many things that you just need a little bit of a leg up or just like a hand out, you know, absolutely, um, just to kind of get you going. I mean, even if you didn't grow up in the foster care system, you, when you turn 18, you are, you are very far from just an adult, you know, and having those resources, I'm sure that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, definitely. We've, we've seen even just with our mentorship program, the impact that one, mentor can have on kids their you know rates of skipping school their grades they're surrounding themselves with healthy friends and learning more about how to have healthy relationships that is improved exponentially just through one person taking an interest in their lives and really caring about them and going above and beyond so take me through a day in your life as a mom I I love your Instagram (laughs) uh, all your little kiddos um, take me like through a day in your life as uh, somebody who's on social media, you know, working with this organization and uh, being a mom. Yeah. So most days are crazy. I have seven kids. They're all nine and under. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's never quiet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most days start pretty early getting the kids off to school and then Really, with my role as executive director, it's ever-changing. I'm corresponding with the board. I'm doing things like this, podcasting and um, sharing about our vision and um, meeting with donors, meeting with people who want to um, volunteer or feed into the organization in some way. And so it's really exciting, and I love that aspect of the job that um, no day is the same, and um, I'm always getting to kind of share more about what we're doing and and about our kids because they're really the reason that we do this and they're amazing and they're resilient and they're really 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 special and so I think if more people could see them I think so often people hear like teenagers are in care and college students and and they have this like 
almost like they're afraid of them a little bit. Like they're bad or scared and they're not. They're just, they're regular kids. They're like every other teenager, you know, they may have been through a lot more, but they're really just normal kids that want the same things that anyone else's teenage kids want. You know, they want to go to prom. They want to make the basketball team. They are worried about their star tests. Like it's all the same things that everybody else's kids are worrying about. And so think that's really important to you know see that and to recognize that they're not in foster care because of anything they did it's things that happened to them so that's that's important well I love that you're you that you found that kind of gap in the system and that you worked to you know obviously you felt it you felt called to foster which is amazing and then not only that but you wanted to improve the system in your own way. And I, I think that's really incredible and, and really special for not only your kiddos, but for the ki- everyone else that you're helping along the way. So, Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so let's talk about 2022. What are the kind of things that Refuge Waco has coming up in the near future? Yeah, so like I said, our big project that we're working on right now is opening that transitional housing. So of course, the number one thing that comes with that is fundraising for that. So always looking for um, new donors and new people who want to be a part of that. Um, that's something you can find out about on our website, refugewaco.org slash donate. Um, we're looking to have that open by late summer, early fall, and okay. that will house about six women who have aged out of foster care between the ages of 18 and 24 here in Central Texas. So that accounts for about 10% of the women who age out of foster care in this area every year. So we're really excited about being able to put boots on the ground and get that up and rolling. That was really the original vision for Refuge Waco all along was to get that housing started because we just see the impact of what happens when kids age out and just don't have any type of safety net. And it's really detrimental to their future success. So That is our big project, and that is what 90% of my work goes towards right now at this time. Um, We have two incredible program directors that handle our mentorship program, and most of that falls under them. And so um, that's what I'm working on, and that's the biggest thing that's on the horizon for us. That's just, we're all excited, and we're all hands on deck for that. So tell me, like, what is the difference that transitional housing makes, and why should people you know, want to get involved with something like that. Yeah, so the difference in really transitional housing as opposed to something like extended foster care or even just a child aging out. I mean, when kids age out, they're left with very little resources. They, of course, have their state tuition paid. That doesn't cover books. That doesn't cover housing. That doesn't cover anything else. And I know you're in school right now. You know those costs add up quick. (laughs) Um, So it's like tuition's great, but if you don't have anywhere to live or your book, you just can't really get there. That is a very small piece of the pie. So um, being able to provide a safe place for them to live where they know they have secure housing, um, it is at 100% free to them, and they have people in the house who are helping provide them with mental health care, spiritual care, you know, care for their physical health, all of those things that are often missing from just kind of bureaucratic, systemic, you're not necessarily getting that holistic approach with just foster care. Right, exactly. And, I mean, the thing about extended foster care that 
reasons why it usually fails is that regular everyday kids don't typically want to stay in their parents' house at 18. So foster kids who haven't been welcomed into a family as a member definitely don't want to stay there any longer than is necessary. They're right. ready to to get out on their own, and they are very resilient, and they are very strong, and they are very street smart, so most of them think that they can do it on their own, but you realize very quickly what that lack of resources looks like, and it's very difficult to get on your feet if you're, you're coming with nothing and without a lot of um, you know, support in any way of, of someone to go to when things go wrong. That's why, you know, they're often found in, in situations that are really, they're vulnerable, so. Right. Wow, and that's, I mean, I think that you've really summed it up perfectly the way that, you know, the way that, you know, obviously the system works, but also, you know, the kind of gaps that you're filling there and, um, you know, making a space that's really, really amazing. So it, as far as, like, you said that that's just 10%. Of uh, the people who are aging out, is there any plans to expand that in the future? Yeah, absolutely. One of um, our next goal, once we have the initial home established, is to um, create a home for young men aging out of the system because they're vulnerable as well. Um, and then we would like to create a third home here in Waco for young women who are aging out of care that already have minor children that they're looking to keep in their custody. Because so often when teen moms are in the system, they'll have their children removed from them for no reason other than that no one will take both the mother and the baby in one home. And so that's a huge need um, just to create a safe space for them to learn and, and grow in their parenting and to have a space where they know that their child has a safe home. And so those are our two next goals on the horizon after we get the initial home off the ground. That's so incredible. Um, and I think we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back to talk about how you can get involved. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Kendall Goodwin with Refuge Waco, and um, I think we were just talking about um, how the transitional house impacts um, the people who are aging out of the foster care system, um, and I would just love to know how to get involved and how our listeners and viewers can get involved if they feel called to. Yeah, so you can definitely visit our ref our website. It's www.refugewaco.org. And um, you can see on there all of the links to sign up to volunteer, sign up for newsletters. Um, there's links that you can go on there to donate. 
And basically all of our information about our programs is is on there and you can get signed up. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Refuge Waco on all of those. And so um, we're always looking for new volunteer mentors to work with our young people that are coming through the system. And we'll have some volunteer opportunities once the home is open as well. Awesome. And so um, what are the ways that um, you are looking for volunteers? Like what are volunteers doing with Refuge Waco? What the mentorship program looks like is being paired one-on-one with a young person. They're between 10 and 18 years old. And um, the mentors typically meet with them once a month on their own for an outing. It can be, you know, I mean, we've had as elaborate as going to a, you know, musical or we've had you know go to the park go to starbucks you know whatever you want to take your kid to do whatever they're into um and so they meet with them one-on-one once a month on their own and then once a month we also have our connect nights where the whole mentorship program comes together all the mentors all the kids we serve them dinner and then we usually have like a fun thing a game um get something happening that's fun and entertaining for them and then we also do a life skill training so we've done everything from um you know therapeutic journaling yoga we've had um a you know person come in and talk about the dangers of human trafficking we've had someone do sex education we've had um healthy relationship conversations resume building all of those things with our young people, obviously broken down into age appropriate because right. 10 to 18 is a vast gap yes. in those things. <laughs> but um, all of those life skill trainings that maybe along the way they're not getting um, because either they're not being taught in school anymore or you know they're shuffled foster parent to foster parent. Who, they don't know what conversations they've you know have or haven't had. So some right. of those things yeah. just get missed. And so we want to make sure our kids have comprehensive everything all of the knowledge that they need to be successful and happy and healthy in their teenage years so those are the things that we're working with on them and then we always um, give them a gift at the end of the night whether it's you know their birthday Christmas we do big things and then sometimes it's just bags of snacks toiletry items something fun you know on the therapeutic journaling nights we gave them all journals and cool pins and stickers and all of the things so that they can integrate those things into their lives so they always leave with something and everybody always has a really great time and so um, that's kind of what that mentorship program volunteer looks like is obviously being a part of life with those kids and we do a training a trauma-informed training and everyone passes a FBI background check so we got kind of <laughs> all hands on deck making sure that the kids are safe and sound with whoever is working with them. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, I know firsthand, well, I guess I could secondhand, but um, my partner was um, not in the foster care system, but was somebody who definitely relied on a mentorship program similar to that. Um, and he actually used to go get taken uh, to the park and they would play Pokeball Go. Yeah. Just so that he could have, you know, a break with somebody who is trauma informed and um, somebody who could help lift him up through, you know, a very difficult time. So I know how beneficial these mentorship programs are and um, it's definitely something worth looking into if you feel called to that Um, and it's just like I said I know how how big that can be in somebody's life to just have somebody who is your person for you know at least an hour you know just to kind of get you out of the house and 
and talking and doing something fun. Yeah, definitely. It's connect nights are always kind of everybody's favorite night of the month. They're some of my favorite nights because we just get to be with the kids and they get to be kids and take off all the pressures of a lot of adult things that they're dealing with. They shouldn't have to, but that's where we are in life. And so it gives them just an opportunity to really be free. And that's super special to me to provide that space. I love that. So you mentioned that you were kind of looking uh, to expand into maybe two more transitional houses. So what are some like dream projects for Refuge Waco? Yeah, I mean, so really the dream has always been to really start these programs and get them running super efficiently and then expand into other cities. Like I said, we've been able to do that so far with our mentorship program from Waco. We've expanded into Colleen Round Rock, and then we're looking to plant some other groups in in bigger cities as well. We would love to be able to do the same with the transitional houses to create really strong programming for the house that works and that runs and whether that's um, partnering with other groups or sending out groups of our own to be able to create more of those spaces throughout Texas and then maybe even moving into other states that would be phenomenal there's not a lot of places nationwide Um, I think there's about 18 to 20 that are not sanctioned by the state that are just nonprofit run transitional housing so there's just not a lot in, in the United States that are providing for the 20,000 approximately kids aging out of the system every year. Wow. So, Well, I mean, I think that that's, I mean, obviously you have been called to do something incredible. I, I love your mission and your drive, and I think that's so wonderful. And it's been so lovely to have you on today. Um, this is a podcast a couple a couple weeks in the making. Um and uh, I, obviously, it was it's hard to get out with seven kids, <laughs> but I'm so glad that you were able to stop by today and tell us about your mission. And um, yeah, I've just really loved talking to you today. So the last thing I always ask my guests is, what do you want to Waco to know about Refuge Waco? I think I would love for just the Waco community as a whole, we're right in middle of the Bible Belt. We're heavily church. There's a lot of people who, you know, profess the love of Christ and all of those things. So I just would love to see that turnout for foster kids. You know, the church is really called to serve widows and orphans. We're a Christian community. And so I think sometimes it's hard to see those gaps in the system happening somewhere like this when I know there's so many people that care and, and, want to help but maybe don't know how so this is a way that you can show up and put feet to your faith and and be participating in the lives of kids who are you know in need of of a home or a friend or a mentor or just a safe space to be so that's something I would love for Waco to really be a part of and then I do just have a question as somebody who also struggles with infertility, um, and that is something that uh, I've I feel like adoption and fostering is on my heart as well. So, what would you say to somebody who is considering adoption or fostering and doesn't know where to start? Well, I would say looking into agencies here um, in Waco, and um, of course, you can work directly with the state through CPS. Um, but I would also say just really informing yourself about the foster care system if you go into it hoping to adopt. I went in knowing nothing about foster care, knowing nothing about the system, and really um, that ignorance was 
you know, not to anyone's benefit (laughs) as it never is. Um, And so I think just knowing what the foster care system is for the first thing that it is for is to reunify and strengthen families. And so having that attitude and perspective is really important and it can save you a lot of heartbreak because the original goal is obviously for children to remain in their family of origin, but sometimes that can't happen. And, um, and as I've seen it very frequently doesn't happen. And so I think just getting yourself prepared with the information, a lot of trauma informed care, a lot of mental health care for yourself and the kids that come into your home, really understanding and tapping into those things is super important for fostering and then even for beyond because it doesn't end at adoption. It's an ongoing, ever-evolving conversation and it's always going to be a part of their lives and their story. And as you know, my kid's mom, it's a part of my life and my story now as well. So knowing and, and always being willing to hear and understand those things. Um, I would say if someone's considering that, listening to adult adoptees and adult former foster youth, what they have to say, things that they felt like went wrong or went right with their time in the system, really being open-hearted to hear those things and hear those experiences um, and not be defensive. We're right. kind of the people in the adoption triad that hold the most power and so it's easy to be defensive when you feel like your side's being attacked or you're not being understood but really listening to those voices and understanding their perspective will make you a better parent and probably a better person in general right so that that would be my advice to someone who's interested so it it has been so incredible just like listening to you here today um, why don't you let the people know where they can find you and where they can get involved? Yeah, um, so I'm Kendall Goodwin. I'm at Kendy G and the Funky Bunch on Instagram, the Funky Bunch being my army of children. So cute. Um, and then, um, of course, you can follow at Refuge Waco, and we're on Facebook at Refuge Waco as well. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Refuge does in the future. Yeah, thank you so much, Haley. We appreciate it. This has been Haley. I'm signing off. Tune in every Friday for all of the events and activities. Now that you know Waco, just go. Go, Waco! This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.